Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert, and in this podcast, we explore the intersection of education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another great episode coming up next. Well, we're here today with one of my good friends, Dr. Elaine Vochi, and she's been a friend of the Edutainer podcast as well throughout the years. So welcome, Elaine. Thanks, Erin. It's good to be with you. You've had different things throughout your own career in the past, but what I loved about you for this new normal mini-series is that you really focus on transition coaching, whether mm-hmm. you know it's career, whether it's celebration of life, or most recently, but you've uh, put to bed the death cafes and the transitions after life. So I want you to talk about what you're seeing out there and what your feelings personally are around COVID-19 now that we're kind of still in lockdown and uh, how you position this COVID-19, not only as, of course, a pandemic, but more so as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate that framework that you've just uh, stated, Erin, because I think whatever it was all of us did prior to the pandemic uh, may be completely turned on its head or upside down or um, changed in some way during the pandemic and because of it. I, I have always kind of felt that life is itself a school and we're all students of life and learning various lessons. And that remains true in this era of pandemic. And I think the two things are at work right now in our lives. I think these are always at work in our lives, but we could easily lose them in the distractions of life and the busyness and the pace at which we tended to live prior to the virus. And those two things are attention and intention. So to talk about attention just briefly, what exactly are you focused on now? Are you looking at what truly matters? Have you discovered what truly matters? Are you treasuring the time? If you're a parent that's at home with kids, are you treasuring that time? Because it's opened up so many opportunities for you to spend time with your children quality time with your kids as well as all the everyday stuff and do you look at that time through impatience or crankiness okay sometimes we're all prone to that and close quarters with children can sometimes produce a level of frustration that seems insurmountable but still there are blessings there are blessings available to us in that environment And so do we count our blessings or do we count our irritants? The thing is we have free will and as such, we get to choose what we put our attention on and it influences everything else you do. The second is intention and that is equally as powerful and important and necessary and it integrates beautifully with its partner attention. Intention is huge. It is determined by your choices. 
So before you get out of bed in the morning, do you set your intention for the day? What kind of a day do you want to have? Do you choose to have? Will you work to make yourself achieve that goal? Will you stay steady and true to your intention for the day? Before you have conversation with your loved ones, the family who uh, lives with you or may connect with you uh, through digital media, do you set your attention for what you want to say and how you want to say it? When you decide what you're going to fix for dinner, if you're the person responsible for cooking in the house, do you set an intention that it will not only be nourishing and taste good and look good, but also how does it represent your love for your family in how you've prepared the meal and how you serve the meal? And when the day ends, do you consider your actions? and how, uh, looking back in a kind of review of the day, how did you serve others during the day? How did you serve yourself, your highest self, the self you want to be, the self you aspire to be? I think life is full of challenges, and when we act with attention and intention, we're able to prepare our mind, our, our body, our spirit, for the day that is presented to us and how that day will unfold. Yeah, I love this two-prong approach right now, attention and intention. Mm -hmm. I think that's really uh, an interest way to, interesting way to frame it, Elaine. So mm -hmm. let, let's give, I'll give you a hypo because you're a coach. Let's say hypothetically you have a new client coming to you. Maybe she just lost her job, as many mm -hmm. millions of Americans have. Mm -hmm. When you are under the stress of losing your job and paying your bills, how do you rein in both these prongs, attention and intention? Because I think if you lose your job, your amygdala is basically hijacked, right? You are in fight or flight mode. And it's really hard to rein those two things in, I think. Um, so how... Help me through that avatar, that, that potential client. What would you suggest to her to get started and to reframe her life around these two prongs? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, one of the presenting emotions that we all have, whether the circumstances are we've lost our job or, or something else, um, they're, they're, we are all prone to a feeling of helplessness. And that spawns frustration and it can uh, lead to rage, anger, and out of control feeling, a feeling that the, you know, the ground on which you were standing has been ripped out. And now you have no anchor, you have nothing that's holding you. That is how it can feel. And I would talk with that person and encourage them both by listening as well as uh, sharing the conversation, sharing my contributions to the conversation. So the person can claim that they have companionship, they have alliances, they have people to whom they can feel that they can lean on that person, take turns perhaps leaning on one another if, if it's a good friend or a family member. 
So I want to establish that these things may be happening, but you are not alone with it. There are many opportunities and resources available to you. And then I'd begin to have that person talk with me and tell me who are the people in their lives who can be supportive and helpful. Where are those resources located? How does the person access that? Because this builds on your strength, your ability to be responsible for your life, take responsibility for getting your needs met and reaching out and getting the help that you need. I know for myself in my years of practice, I have always um, asked people to pay attention to the coincidences the things that appear to be happening just out of sheer uh, coincidence. But I believe that coincidences have another whole layered meaning. And they are little nudges and uh, taps on the shoulder, maybe an arm around the shoulder from life itself that reassures you that you're not alone. You are, your life matters. And in support of that life, the universe sends people, books, conversations, ideas, news stories on television or on YouTube that are there not by accident. They are coming to you in support of you. So I would have a conversation about paying attention to the coincidences and uh, telling me the stories of the things that they've experienced that seemed coincidental what might be the layered meaning to those things. Um, I also, with every single client, also strongly recommend that they get outside into nature at least once a day, if not more frequently. There is groundedness in nature. I mean, in the midst of a pandemic, spring is coming. Pandemic be damned, spring is gonna be here. Uh, there's reassurance in that. There's a blessing in that for all of us. And when we get out of the house or the apartment or the condo and we're not confined, we can walk freely. We can, of course, wear a face mask if necessary. Uh, wear gloves if it makes you feel more secure. Uh, but we can be benefited by the feelings that nature evokes in us. And at the end of a 20 minute walk, you may find that your perspective has been altered in a positive way. It's really interesting in your background, and I know you have uh, closed the chapter in your own life on death, um, and you worked on death cafes in the past, Elaine, but a lot of what I've read around what, the angst that we're feeling around COVID-19 is really just a different form of grief. It is. So I agree. Can you walk us through really briefly kind of things that come up in grief that maybe we need to consciously think about in order to potentially move on? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a loss experience. Make no mistake. The, this pandemic has brought a host of losses to people. Loss of job, as in our hypothetical. A loss of a sense of freedom. Loss of a feeling of control. Perhaps lost a feeling or a belief in our existential rationale for being here. Why we're here, why we're human, 
it can get as deep as that. So when we're dealing with loss, we are talking about being able to acknowledge those feelings of grief, honor those feelings of grief by expressing them, showing them. And much like a bereaved person who's grieving the loss of a loved one, we have to re-anchor ourselves. We have to find ways to bring ourselves into a state of um, quieter uh, contemplation, not so much driven by all of those eruptive, disruptive emotions that, as you put it, the amygdala emergency um, provokes. So in, in grief, we have to acknowledge that we're grieving. We have to admit to ourselves. We have to say to ourselves and potentially to someone else who's a trusted advisor, a trusted ally, uh, someone who loves you and wants the best for you. You have to be able to say, I am feeling unmoored. I am feeling disquiet. I am feeling anxiety. And talk about what prompts that. When does that come up? When is it? Does it have a peak in a typical day? Um, how, do, how do we cope with that? One of the things that I've always believed in years of hundreds of centuries uh, provide ample proof that art in any form, art is a fabulous companion for grief. Because, why is that? Because with art, we're focusing our attention on a particular um, image or activity. I have a friend who's doing a, an online art class now with watercolors. I got an Easter card from her with a hand-drawn watercolor rabbit on the cover and I know she did that in class and is proud of herself and you lose yourself in art. Art is so absorbing that it takes our attention and really develops it fully on a particular form of art and some project or outcome of that art. I think with grief, I have a grief coloring book, for instance, for that reason. I wrote that book because art is so therapeutic and it can be anything. You know, right now they've got dance classes. They've got um, you know, free visits to all kinds of museums. So art museums uh, would certainly be among them. There are things you can do with paper and pen to write, to create. You can take a camera in your phone and go for a walk and take pictures of what you saw, the wildlife, the trees, the buds, the birds. Uh, so I think with grief in all of its forms, grief is benefited by art and getting engaged with art as well as acknowledging that we're grieving. Um, I can say more about that if you like. Sure. So for instance, um, when clients are grieving the loss of a loved one, sometimes we do coloring together in my office or virtually these days, um, where the person has a little project, a mini project in front of them and they devote themselves to that task. And for however long that takes, it transforms, it transports that person out of the emotions and the world of loss and pain and sorrow and anxiety that they feel 
and it provides this kind of soothing activity, something that will transport them emotionally away from it because we can't grieve 24 hours a day. It is physically impossible to do it, thank God. Um, Mother Nature, nature itself um, created that um, quality in us as human beings. And while we may have a huge amount of sorrow and loss and anxiety, part of that transition, we get respite from it. Often, uh, if we sleep, um, many times um, sleep can be accompanied by dreams that help allay some of our fears and put some things in perspective and might even bring a bit of humor. I've had um, clients talk about dreams with me and discovered that. Um, and I think being able to be transported by art is such a blessing. It is so therapeutic to us. Uh, it's essential. And now with the internet, we can explore art and create art in groups of, with strangers we've never met and probably will never meet in person, but they're there in a class with us. We hear other people's stories and that provides an avenue for healing too. Yeah, I love that, the art angle here. Um, one of my favorite artists, is artist James Brandis out of Michigan actually paints um, and, and puts art together now online, as you mentioned mm -hmm. around uh, a similar thing with watercolors. And I love that because not only is it kind of therapeutic, but it's also almost educational in a lot of ways. And in this series, I found thus far in speaking to all of the guests thus far, there's definitely these themes of education, um, entertainment and arts, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. the idea of technology and how to connect via technology and even how we are changing how we utilize the internet of all things. Um, there's an article as we uh, record this that was posted in the New York Times about how the internet interaction has changed during the COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, accountability. And back mm -hmm. to your point about finding the agents in your life who are in your corner that will support you, that are there for you. I think all of those themes have really been silver linings out of this uh, mini series thus far. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so go ahead, I'm sorry. No, just I just wanted to affirm and say how much I appreciate your comments, I agree. Yeah, so Elaine, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. How are you adapting personally to this? Um, how are you connecting to your champions and I guess my follow-up question to that is what are the silver linings that you've seen out of this because we love to focus on the negative and the the doom and gloom but mm -hmm. there are a lot of positive things that have come out of this lockdown as well so can you share what you've seen in your corner of the universe relative to the positives and your own changes that you've made mm -hmm. well you know um, I'm happy to tell a, a few bits of of the journey that I've been through, because I think probably for all of us who are, uh, who think about, you know, the bigger picture, um, my, um, my own creative side has been tested and um, risen to the occasion. I, I, was, I think the first week that we were sheltering at home uh, didn't feel all that 
difficult because uh, my husband and I are kind of, I'm at least uh, semi-retired and he's fully retired. And so we already had established a kind of rhythm of the day and the weeks uh, that we've lived together. So it wasn't that like I needed to do something different or new exactly, but I, I was really um, inviting my creative juices to emerge and bubble up and see what it would bring me. And one of the first things it brought me was um, this uh, idea and it's called Nana's Kitchen. I am Nana, uh, grandmother in Italian, to my grandkids. There are three of them that live here in Carmel and two that are out in Arizona. And for the kids that are here, um, I can do some things with them uh, that has more of a practical uh, physical explanation as opposed to the children who live in Arizona. Uh, but for the kids that are here, I wrote uh, uh, an e a text and said, uh, this is a special announcement. Um, Nana's Kitchen has opened, and here's how it works. Every week, I'm going to send you a menu with three items on it. You pick what you would like, and you place your order in a return text. Then I will prepare it, box it up, and put it on your front porch. And maybe we can see each other through the glass windows, and we can wave and say hello, and if we want to, maybe have a little conversation before I depart. And so that Nana's Kitchen idea has really taken hold. And now it's not only the kids, but it's their parents. And my son is experimenting with being a vegetarian. And so I've been sending him vegetarian items on his list to see. So far, I've delivered things like chicken tenders, one of their favorites, uh, homemade meatballs, another of their favorites, um, chili, made vegetarian style, which appears to be emerging as a favorite, which surprises me, but <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, so that's one of the things that I did. Uh, the other is that I believe so much in hope, and I believe so much in there are benefits for us to go through this rather very painful, frightening experience, because what's on the other side of it is a changed world, a world that was ready to change, needed to change. We were resisting the change in many formats. Um, I think we can all learn from this pandemic. We can learn from this experience and it can be a very positive outcome. Not to say that it might also be a very painful outcome as well. But um, I decided to put some signs up uh, to make my house a kind of statement about my beliefs. And so I first did hand-drawn um, poster board. I had When I was doing the Death Cafe, I had a sandwich board which said Death Cafe with a big arrow. It was to help people coming down Michigan know where to turn. Um, I took that and flipped it around and I wrote um, thank you uh, using the U to be a kind of um, stethoscope. Thank you, um, healthcare workers. We see you. We love you. God bless you. Uh, you are our heroes. So I wrote that on the poster board and put that in the front yard. Then I took the two windows that are in the very front from a front bedroom and I put in the window a teddy bear, a bouquet of flowers, an angel. Uh, and I wrote, again, hand wrote, uh, we will 
um, get through this together. Well, a few days went by and I decided, you know what, uh, this is so important and it's gonna be with me throughout this pandemic. I'm gonna to go to my local Signorama and have him make those signs for me. So they'll really stand out, they'll be durable, they'll withstand the weather. Uh, and the, the message is so important in my mind that I want it to be easily read. And my handwork, all, as heartfelt as it was, really wasn't accomplishing that. So I felt it was a win-win because um, this is a man who owns a business and he's struggling along with everyone else. So by bringing my business to him, that was a help. And then having it be more readable is a definite win. Uh, and it helps me so much, Erin, when I am out for a walk with Winky in my own neighborhood, when I see little by little now people are doing things on their driveway, they're putting things up in their window. And I'm hoping that I played maybe a small role in helping to encourage them. Yeah, I think gratitude is a huge other theme that I've seen across this mm -hmm. podcast spectrum, this mm -hmm. mini series, in that we all need to be back to your point about intentional, intentional about our gratitude, because mm -hmm. it's truly the little things, at least for me, that have popped out during the uh, pandemic in that. I'm seeing more people out exercising in nature, not, not necessarily together, but they're, they're out doing their individual right. exercise. Um, it's quiet. Mm -hmm. I can actually, as a high eye myself, think because there's less noise around us. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're all trying to find our own ways to express our gratitude as well. Your, your story about your sign, I think creating a win-win is a beautiful thing. I've been trying to read children's books because I know a lot of kids are trapped at home and uh, their parents are looking for ways to, you mm -hmm. know, not only enjoy the arts, but to escape a little bit. So mm -hmm. I know there's been a lot of artists out there and actors who have been reading children's books. So I did that That's as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I love, I love finding the silver linings in this, this whole experience because they're out there. And, and to your point, we're going to get on the other side, I think a little bit faster and a little bit more efficiently mm -hmm. if we're paying attention and, and we're looking at those coincidences. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought that up as well. And I'm thinking about my own situations where it was literally coincidence that led me into a different either mindset about my life and or a different angle of my own career, um, mm -hmm. a different pathway that I've gone down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the two things, um, one is that we give thanks for our blessings and we really pay attention to them. And the other is that we take nothing for granted. You know, and, and that's also a gift that comes from grief, uh, that we learn to be grateful for what we have when it's taken away and that we take nothing for granted going forward because we know that all, all life is impermanent. You know, all, all life will end one way or another at some point. So given that life is imper impermanent, um, one of the things we can do to help ourselves and others is to acknowledge that and take nothing for granted. Um, I also did a blog this month which has an imaginary public address announcement. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Do we have time? This is an announcement that airline passengers might hear in the late summer 2020. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is from the flight deck, your captain and her crew. We've been warned that we will encounter some turbulent skies and we all need to take special precautions in order to stay safe and make it to our destination. Sanitize your hands, the seat and the seat back in front of you. Act with kindness and compassion on this flight toward your fellow passengers. Keep your seat belts fastened for the duration of the flight and no rushing to get out the door when we land. Take your turn patiently. Remember that the world economy is sound and we face a bright and prosperous future once we clear the turbulence. Blue skies are ahead, so keep the faith. Put on a happy face, don't complain. Show gratitude toward the crew members, especially those working behind the scenes to keep our plane safe and clean. Give thanks for your blessing and take nothing for granted. Well, with that, Dr. Elaine Voci, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives with our audience today about COVID-19 and the coronavirus and the pandemic. And really at the end of the day, the, the silver linings, getting, getting to that other side, to that blue sky. Elaine, how can people connect with you in the best way for you? Sure. Uh, it's uh, Elaine uh, at ElaineVoci at gmail.com is one way. Uh, you um, can go to my website, www.elainevoci.com. There's places there that are ways to connect with me. There are also um, right now, because of the pandemic, clients who are in need of financial support, I can offer a 50% discount on my usual fee. Uh, and so that would bring $100 an hour down to $50 an hour. And I'm limited, but I'm also offering a few pro bono uh, opportunities to talk. Uh, and we'll be doing uh, things like this podcast in other places. So uh, there's lo lots of ways to connect. Well, with that transitional coaching guru, Dr. Elaine Voci, and that I mean that in a very uh, positive sense. You've been a good friend to me and this podcast, but also a coach to me. So I really do appreciate your insights at this difficult yet wide open and opportunistic era that we're in. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin. Take good care of yourself. You too. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. I'm Erin Albert. You can follow us over at Facebook. We have a separate page now for The Edutainer. At Twitter, you can follow me at Erin L. Albert. Of course, I'm on Instagram at Erin Albert. And of course, online at LinkedIn and ErinAlbert.com. Thank you so much. I hope wherever you are, you are staying safe, staying well. And until next time, take care. <laughs>